The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. plus on their feet. Nobody's left to beat the traffic tonight, I guarantee you. Mark gets the sign. The wind and the pitch. Here it is. One fly ball deep left center. Grissom on the run. Yes! 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 Now get ready, this is the Platinum Sombrero Podcast with your hosts, Dylan Short and Adam Doc Herbert. everybody, welcome to another episode of the Platinum Sombrero, brought to you by our friends at Sports Drink. Anywhere you want to go for all of your sporting news, or maybe just some comedy, Sports Drink is a new, under new management, under new names, all that good stuff. Essentially, we're still armchair media, but you know the drill. Go to Sports Drink and, and find all your favorite shows on that, and get ready for Locker Rooms. That's right, there were a few of you guys who joined me uh, a couple days ago for the first official Locker Room. Tried to do it last week and it didn't work, but yesterday, last night, we were able to get the first one underway for the Platinum Sombrero. Big thanks to the four of you that stayed on with me for about an hour. Riley's Rakes, talking to you. Uh, Michael Lane, talking to you. Talking to all you guys that were on there, had a lot of fun. We're going to do that every Thursday at 9 o'clock. Locker Room helps get you involved in your favorite shows, helps you be part of the program. And for me, I'm basically just going to let everybody talk, and we're just going to have big powwow sessions about the Braves. So a lot of fun there. Also brought to you, as always, by our friends at Bet Online. If you're looking to enhance your sports viewing experience, put a little bit of money on it. There's nothing like putting a little money on the game to make it even more exciting. Just go to betonline.ag, promo code armchair, and you're going to get... A nice little surprise when you make your initial deposit. Hint, hint. Go to betonline.ag today. Promo code armchair. All right. So, Doc, I think it's only fair to tell everybody that we were really not planning on doing an episode this week. It had gotten that bad where we were wondering if we should even record. Man, I try so hard to stay happy and optimistic and positive, but starting with the Alec Bohm slide and running through the third straight loss to the Marlins. I was, and uh, and even losing the lead in game four before Dansby came back and walked it off. Uh, I was kind of getting to, to my wits end. It's uh, it's so early, and it's, uh, I'm usually not prone to overreactions, but man, it's been a been an annoying little season so far. It's been really nice to string together two straight wins after t- today's win against the Cubs. Absolutely, and uh, luckily the Cubs offense is like the worst in baseball and unlike the Braves their bad numbers are not 
Like, there's there's no hope on the horizon. Like, their underlying numbers are just as bad as their surface numbers. That is a bad ball club. It's hard to think, just thinking back, you know, to 2018 and even 2019, that the Cubs are this bad, but goodness gracious. When, when you've got guys like Rizzo and Bryant, Contreras, Javi Baez, those are those are big names, you know? They've got the, the long back of the baseball card, but just the offense has been broken for a very long time. And and like you said, they they don't have the the underlying numbers, just the the hard hit rates that that the Braves have. You can squint and see the Braves say, "All right, well, uh, once these guys get it going, everything's going to be fine." Because Ozuna's still hitting at 112 off the bat, and you know Freddie's hard hit contact rate is really high. Just the the results are bad. Cubs are Cubs are in a very bad spot right now. They're in a position to have to re-sign a couple guys at the end of this season. Uh, Bryant Rizzo among them, and I just don't know. I think they're going to have to break the band up. Yeah, I mean, there, there's no doubt that if they continue going this way, they're going to have to sell off at the deadline. Um, it, it's not it's not looking good for them. Hey, we can capitalize on it now. You know, we I think we're catching them at a really good point in the schedule. Uh, we, we're kind of in need of beating up on the little guy. Uh, right, right. This second, there have been some very closely contested games. You know, the the record is six and eight. But yeah, I just mentioned the the Alec Bohm slide. I don't want to get too deep into that, but that was a very close game that could have easily gone the Braves' way. Uh, two of the losses to the Marlins were in extra innings. There, I can see a nine and five team right now, and but because they're six and eight, you know, everybody's frustrated. Guys, you can see them starting to press a little bit, but when you go to a place where somebody's struggling worse than you, somebody has worse luck than you, then this is exactly who the Braves need to see right now. Absolutely, and with the way that the bullpen has been struggling, and they kind of gave us some close scares from the starting pitching all the way through uh, to the back end of it today, it was good to have a team like the Cubs where, while you could get kind of nervous, they're not consistently good enough hitting to where, like, I'm, I was all that worried. Like, Will Smith made it kind of scary. Anytime we've got Josh Tomlin in high leverage situations, it's scary to me. But this Cub team is just really, really bad from the top down. So this is a nice get-right series potentially for the Braves. On the flip side of that, there is the real bad, oh, no, what if they don't get better? Or what if what if they let the Cubs get right against them type of scenario? You saw it with the Marlins a little bit. They were punching above their weight for, for a couple of days. They eked out a few close ones, but the the entire narrative coming into the series was the Marlins' bats are really, really quiet, and the Marlins' bullpen is really, really suspect. And then, you know, the, the bullpen actually wound up being pretty good, and the lineup, as you saw, thanks a lot, Adam Duvall, really, uh, really stepped up and good to avoid that with the series. So far, you know, we're just recording this after game one. There's still two games left in the series, and... Because of the fact that Drew Smiley went on the IL and Kyle Wright got called up to start against the Cubs, you made this point when we were talking before the show. There's there isn't a better team for Kyle Wright to have faced. Oh, for sure. I mean, Kyle didn't look good today at all, um, but he was, I guess, what we can call effectively wild. Like where, yeah, Kyle didn't know where it was going, but neither did the hitters. And and for him, it actually paid off a little bit more than just grooving them down the middle. Uh, it's not what I would assume would be like long term helping him out. Like I don't think that's that's something he'd want to be long term. Uh, but at least for today, and facing the team that it did with the Braves in seemingly dire straits early on in terms of your starting pitching health, this was the right way to uh, to get 
to to be able to hide a Kyle Wright start. Yeah, I think I think that's a really good way of putting it. The the smiley to the IL news was was kind of surprising and yeah, I didn't notice anything off with him in his last start. Now, this is just kind of another point that Drew Smiley has had a history of injuries. I don't know if this is a bad one or not, just some left forearm uh, inflammation, so we'll see how it goes. But certainly not what we were hoping to see this early in the year uh, when we've already had to go to our 1-2-3 in spring training that we were talking about filling in the fifth starter until Soroka got back. Well, all three of them are now filling into the rotation. Yeah, the the way things are looking right now, the we wasted a lot of breath talking about, are we going to be able to find enough time for Waskar Noah and Bryce Wilson? Well, it looks like we certainly are. You know, Freed's on the IL now. Soroka is, is probably a week into the two-week shutdown with his bout of shoulder inflammation. Now Smiley's forearm is... Uh, Christian Pache is hurt, Ender Enciarte is hurt, Ozzy Albee's got hit on the knee, our pets' heads are falling off, like, there's, everywhere you turn, guys are, guys are getting hurt right now, so our depth is kind of being tested, I'm curious to see what happens with the bench, but, uh, for now, you know, it's, there have been a a lot of mocking jokes made about, you know, the, the Braves having the 40-man rotation, and, you know, what are you going to do with all these pitching prospects, and this is a really good example, and this is extreme, you never want to have to deal with this, but it's nice to know that you've got somebody like Kyle Wright, who, if he had been good enough to make the rotation, you know, you would have gotten a, a better start out of him, but because he wasn't, and because of the circumstances, all things considered, I'll take this every time, he just gave up the one run, had, he had some really good individual pitches, but it was like full at-bats, he wasn't stringing together really great at-bats against hitters, but sometimes you would see him snap off a slider like, oh my goodness, beautiful, so good stepping stone, I don't think, uh, unless... We'll see how everybody else's injuries turn out, uh, but I think it's something to build on. If, and I guess the next team he would see if he is going to step into rotation next time around would be, I guess, the Diamondbacks. But uh, hopefully it doesn't come to that. I mean, Diamondbacks, another one of those teams that's not a particularly great offense. Cattell Marte has been injured early, so uh, if you have to go with him, then that's certainly one way you could do it. Um, speaking, I do want to gush because... As, as well as you mentioned, the Braves could be a nine-win team right now. They could also be a two-win team, if not for the exploits of the person that managed to break the matrix, Ronald Acuna Jr., and I, I don't really have correct superlatives for this. We all keep saying on Twitter and everything that, man, we've never seen this before, but we really haven't seen this type of play before. And it's just every facet of the game. Like we've seen Trout and we've seen Bonds do crazy things with the bat, but it's not just the bat. I mean, the run game, and, and they mentioned it today, with him being in right field, his legs stay fresh, so he's able to be more aggressive on the base paths more consistently. And, dude, there is nobody on the planet that can get Ronald Acuna out right now consistently. I mean, it's just every single day he's doing something, just something stupid and ridiculous. It is it is really hard to keep my expectations tempered. Uh, like, like I said, not even five minutes ago, I'm generally not prone to overreactions about baseball, but uh, it is so hard to keep my expectations in check right now because – it's every day he's doing something. He's showing. He scored from second on an infield grounder today. This is three days after he scored on a pop-up that is just behind second base, and that was three days after he legged out an infield, just a routine ground ball on the infield. Like, and that and that's just what he's doing with his legs. That doesn't even cover the fact that he's leading in 
15, not even exaggerating, like 15 different offensive categories. Like, we've known that he's got the tool set to do this, but he wouldn't be, if he didn't do it, he wouldn't be the first guy with a really loud tool set who wasn't able to put it all together. But he is putting it together. And the holes in the swing have been buttoned up. He hit one that was four inches inside for a home run yesterday. That that, That was yesterday's fantastic thing. And it's like, we know that he's going to challenge Trout one day. And you the conversation where it's who's the second best behind Trout is it is it Mookie, is it Tatis, is it Soto, is it Acuña, who is it? At this point it is clearly Acuña. It clearly and it's not even it's not even close. Like right now this is Ronald Acuña's world and Mike Trout is living in it. And I you know me, I don't say that lightly. Like right now at, at today on April 16th Ronald Acuna Jr. is the best player in baseball, and it's not particularly close. Like, he's a full half win above Mike Trout, and not just any Mike Trout. Like, this is Mike Trout operating at peak form right now. 1.1 F war this early in the season for Mike Trout. That's insane. But Acuna is probably going to be at 1.6 after today's game. That's just ludicrous. You're talking about a guy that's going to be on pace for like a, an 18 F war season. Like, I, there, there's nothing that you can say other than what he's doing is just this, this is. This is special, special. This is a potential top season in Major League history type special. This is, I just hope, I, I, I know he's going to come back to earth at some point. I just wonder when, because I'm not seeing anything. Like, there's no holes in the swing right now, and maybe maybe that can, can maybe a hole will develop a little bit later if he slows back down. Maybe it's just because he's seeing the ball well. I don't know. But right now, like, there's no number you can point to that shows any sign of a regression other than the fact that there's just no possible way that he can continue being like this. And he's the last guy to do something like this was Barry Bonds. I mean, I, I'm not expecting Acuna to, to hold up. Like the, the last guy to, to have a WRC plus over 200 for a full season was Barry Bonds. Not counting Juan Soto who uh, last year in the, in the shortened season, um, we as a fan base are really not lucky. Okay, I think I think that's probably even understating it a little bit. But I will say that we are so incredibly lucky that we get to watch this guy. We get to claim this guy. You know, he gets he's this is our dude that's doing this. And if you were gonna knock Mike Trout off of the throne, you got to try really hard. You got to be somebody really special. And. This season, it's only been 14 games. I know there is so much more to go. He could fall apart tomorrow. But we are lucky. I don't see, I don't it. see it. I I don't see it. But he, this is just this is special. We are witness. We are witnessing something special. I made this comparison earlier today on Twitter. It's like seeing the Beatles in a tiny club in Hamburg in 1960, and just knowing like. I have never seen anything quite like this before. This is going to take over the world. I don't know when. The only question is when is it going to happen? It could be now. And is then there's the alternate thing to consider. Is is there another gear that's after this? Ian Anderson's asking, you know, what's the next league that, that Acuna is going to get promoted into? I mean, it's just it, – it, it, there's just nothing that you could say at this point. It, it's just he is – he is operating at 100% of his ceiling, and it's a ceiling that we've all known it was sky high, but I don't think anybody could have predicted this. The plate discipline that he's showing to go along with just crazy exit velocities, crazy plate coverage, uh, it, it, 
I mean, speed off the charts, aggressiveness to, to use that speed. Because let's be honest, if Javi Baez um, doesn't fall over and if Wilson Contreras is able to hang on to an easy play, he's hosed. But that's the type of year that he's having because that's twice now, that, that pop-up to second base. He should have been hosed on that too. It's just the way he's working right now, he's broken the matrix and there's just, like you can't get him out. Whatever he decides to do, it, it just works for him. And speaking of that, we would be remiss if we didn't also talk about Wasker Anoa, who I don't think, as much as you and I love Wasker Anoa and our buddy Dren loves him, um, we would not have said that he would be the best Braves pitcher, period, uh, to this point in the season. But he seems to be sipping a little bit in that Ronald Acuna juice. Not just that he's been able to play. We've always seen arm talent with him. But one walk. I think it's one walk to this point through his two starts and just kang everybody and just just looking beautiful and swaggy out there on the mound. If it weren't for those two, this Braves team would, would be – Major League Baseball as a whole would be talking about, hey, what in the world's going on with the Braves if it wasn't for those two players? No, that's a really good point. I, I got the opportunity to go on our Sports Drink Brethren, the Sun Ranto show, to, to preview the uh, Braves-Cubs series. And we were walking through each of the individual matchups, and I got to brag on, uh, brag on Waskar a little bit. And it was like, you know – if he's on, which, you know, similar thing to Ronald, what he's done is absolutely incredible, but but can but can he keep doing it? Ronald's doing it every day. Wester has done it twice so far, but God, he's looked so good. And I and I told him, like, if his slider is on, if you can if you can kind of separate the team fandom and just be a fan of watching good pitching for a minute, you are gonna love watching Waskar Noah. His slider is just like it just dies, and every time it's like you're expecting guys to pick up on it. You're expecting them to to realize that it's that it's not the fastball. But he's done so much work on the tunneling. He's done so much work to get some congruence be- between his his release points. He has been so so good, and I really hope that doesn't backfire because. I don't want to have to go back on their show and explain that I was only kidding about his level of success. But for now, you know, I I went. I went on the radio the other day and I was talking about, you know, you feel really good for Charlie Morton's going to get you back on track. And he gave up like five runs in, <laughs> you know, and this is the day after Freed got hurt. And then you, you know, then Smiley's out. And now it's just nice to say, okay, we have one shining light, this one beacon in the dark in the rotation right now while we're waiting for everybody else to get healthy. So uh, we have been on this train for a very long time, uh, you know, so just, I'm just saying. That's all. Just a reminder, everybody, we are brought to you by Bet Online. We are also brought to you by Kane and Sunglasses. When the future is so bright, you've got to wear shades, wear Kane and Sunglasses. And you were talking about Wasker's slider there, and that's that's the pitch for me. I mean, the fastball is nice and it's nasty and it, it's run up 98 99. But out of his 10 strikeouts that he had last outing, oh, by the way, he had 10 Ks, uh, eight of them were on the slider. That's insane. I mean, that slider is generating so much swing and miss, and it's because it's tunneling so well. And it's one of the things that, if you watched him a lot last year, we talked about how he was getting a lot better towards the end of the year. But you can see him raising his arm angle throughout the, his outings last year. And you and we've been saying over and over and over, especially when it comes to guys like Waskar, it's not. <coughs> excuse me. It's not. It's not really the results you're looking. <laughs> you're looking at it's the progress that gets you to those results and you saw it in spring training where despite the fact that his era was outrageous his fip was never over like one and a half i mean it's just he's access to new level too i just hope he can continue it because the braves right now while everybody else is trying to get right 
it's going to be very important for Waskar. If he can provide the kind of solid the to solidify the rotation a little bit and be that guy that you can kind of go out there and expect him to to do what we were expecting the others to do. That's a huge boon as this team tries to get every gear kind of rolling and get through this kind of injury spat. You you need a center as you kind of tend to spin around, right? And and it's good to have like, you know, and Noah's like the sun, and the rest of these dudes are just in the orbit. You need that one centralized thing, right? It's a similar thing for what Acuna's doing for the offense. And uh, and, and eventually these guys are going to come around. We we got so deep into the playoffs last year and brought back most of the same team. I mean, like I said, a couple bounces, and Lance Barrett not being behind the plate. The Braves are 9-5 and five right now. Uh, maybe, maybe even a little bit better than that. So it makes you feel good knowing that they've been able to uh, to hold it together, uh, even though with it's done with like tape and string right now, the team is still very well held together and uh, and still progressing. It would be nice. It would be really really nice to have a stress free game. I think there was there was like an eight one game and that was good. But even today, the Braves won by three, and the winning run came to the plate in the bottom of the ninth inning. Will Smith struck out three, but also. Uh, did he walk three or did he walk two? <laughs> uh, I, I know he walked at least two. Um, not the strongest outing for Will today. I mean, he. some of the underlying stuff is okay. If you look past the walk rate, everything is fine. I didn't realize that his FIP is 202 right now or 220 or something. I mean, it's, it's pretty low, all things considered. He's striking out a lot of guys. Just every reliever we have has turned into Luke Jackson in some weird way and it is driving me insane it's not gonna stay that way this is not the type of thing that sustains over the an entire season but will Smith is the closer he was supposed to take over from Melanson but he's not even he's not even the best option out there and I think that's something that you wanted to talk about yeah, and that's kind of going to be the final point is uh, I, I've got uh, a sick child and Carter's not having a good time right now, so we're going to end on this today. But uh, we'll end on this and then a happy note at the end. But, yeah, I don't I, – I kind of figured once Melanson was gone, Smith would just step into Melanson's role, which would mean that Smith is pitching the ninth. Same thing that Melanson was kind of doing last year. Like, for the most part, Smith was good at using different levers and different leverages, except for Melanson. Melanson was pretty much tied to the ninth. And I think that's going to be Will Smith for at least for a while. But Tyler Matzik is the best reliever in this bullpen. And I don't know. With Tyler, it's a little bit different. Because you can say that Tyler is better. But I know Tyler did not want to start or open last year when he was given that opportunity. He wanted to stay in the bullpen. And for somebody that has struggled uh, with anxiety and things before, like Tyler Matzik, to such a degree that he was out of professional baseball for a while, you kind of wonder, like, if we're just talking about best pitcher to go, it's Tyler Matzik. He's got the best stuff. His like Smith has good stuff, but it all other than the fastball, they all move in the same direction. Matzik has better pitches. His curveball is is ridiculous, and he's got stuff that can move in opposite directions, with, which keeps hitters off balance. He's not constantly having to go inside to righties. He can use his changeup very effectively. He's got a hundred miles an hour in the back pocket. He's got a ridiculous curve as well, and frankly. I don't think this team was prepared for, for Chris Martin to go down injured because there are no other right-handers in the bullpen that you can really trust. That's why we're seeing Josh Tomlin get high-leverage scenarios. This is another reason why I, I can't quite figure out why Shane Green hasn't been signed other than because we're all talking about it and Alex just refuses to go with what everybody is predicting. Um, but I, I, I think 
out of every reliever right now, the only one that doesn't look like they're really struggling to throw their stuff or harness their stuff is Matzik. So it does kind of kind of makes me wonder how much longer we'll see Will Smith in the closer role before Matzik takes that over. No, I, that's a really good point about about Chris Martin. I mean, thing, things weren't going to be the same as last year. They were set up to where they wouldn't necessarily have to be because the rotation was going to be that much better. Um, and it's, once again, same caveat, it's still early, a lot of baseball left, things are still things are still going to change, and we knew that the bullpen, much like the bench, was going to continue to be fluid just because you've got guys with options. Jacob Webb is up already, and you hate it, the fact that it's going to be because of uh, an injury, but you also know that when the time comes to start cutting guys, he's probably going to stick around. I mean, Nate Jones can throw hard, but... <laughs> uh, by the way, you can never convince me that hitters don't know exactly what he's. Yeah, throwing. it's like literally look at this pitch before I throw it to you. You know, so, and and look, different different deliveries work for different guys. If I if I were a hitter and I could also see, which is why which is why I don't play baseball. But if if I were a hitter, that's exactly the type of delivery I would want. Where it's like you ha- you have, it's the hardest thing to do to hit a major league fastball. So if you're giving me any information at all, thank you, I will take it. But Anyway, when the time comes for Martin to come back, he's apparently not even throwing right now. He still hasn't even resumed throwing ever since he uh, went on the IL and there's no timetable for the return. Webb can probably afford to get comfortable there. And now the biggest problem is covering innings in the rotation. So you, if you're in the bullpen, you got to kind of buckle down. Last year, everybody was really good about just pitching in where they were told they needed to pitch in. You're right that there weren't really... S- assigned roles outside of Melanson, and uh, it will be a minute before Matzik steps in, but when he does, you, you hate hearing that anybody struggles with anxiety. You know, I've I've had bouts with it as well. Uh, never had a case of the yips, I don't believe. Never, Not quite that extreme, but, uh, you know, too much of a change up in an environment if you're not in the right headspace can kind of throw you off. So when you're looking at Matzik not wanting to start, not wanting to open, like, nope, I like exactly where I am. I wonder if the heightened intensity of the closer role, I don't want to say what would it be too much for him, but would it be something that would initially make him uncomfortable and then you're just looking at the exact same problem. And now Will Smith is walking guys in the seventh instead of doing it in the ninth. Yeah, and that's, that's I mean, that's a fair point. Uh, I, I don't think that – I know nobody wants to talk about that stuff, but I think it's a fair point we're talking about somebody who's had a, a very public journey and a very public coming to terms with it like Tyler Matzik has. And it is a point uh, – it is it is something you can point to as to why maybe he's not in that role right now because he, he has pitched better than anybody else in that bullpen for a full season now. So maybe we'll see that going forward. If you're looking for bright signs, I will say – uh, that there's not a lot to, to kind of go on on this team that, that makes you feel bad. The, the offense is starting to come around. Ozuna is now crushing baseballs back and forth. Uh, pretty much the whole offense is geared up. So now it's just a, a get healthy. We'll have two more games here with the, with the Cubs to get right before uh, we start getting back into the gauntlet a little bit uh, and we start facing some real baseball teams. Overall, um, didn't start out well this week, but but looks like we might be in the midst of another four-win streak. We'll see what happens in the next two games here with the Cubs as the Braves look to alternate. We don't have any more time for this week, though, so thank you guys for tuning in. Sorry it's a little bit of a shorter episode. As I mentioned, Daddy Duty is calling my name as my son is now throwing up. So we're going to go ahead and <laughs> cut this episode short for today. Doc, thank you as always for joining me, my friend. Of course, things got real dark there for a second. <laughs> they sure did. Uh, so thank you guys so much. We'll be back again next week right here on the Platinum Sombrero. Okay, thanks. We love you. Bye. Bye.